Alright guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Teacher Podcast. It is Monday, October the 23rd, 2017, and hope you enjoyed all the stuff that came out of SEC Media Day last week in Nashville. Uh, had some stuff go up on the website at southeasttubes.com. Uh, also a lot more stuff on the way, doing some featured stories on players, coaches that were there, guys that I got to talk to uh, and get a lot out of, so be sure to stay tuned for those. Uh, and it's always a lot of fun, of course, just being able to kind of see what comes out of Media Day. Uh, you obviously get the preseason polls, you get the awards, that kind of stuff, but you also get some interesting insight, uh, you know, that you haven't had throughout the off season. And that's one thing, obviously, you know, I've been lucky in and being able to talk to some of these coaches on the Marching to Madness podcast that I do and then replay them here on the Southeast Hoops podcast this summer. We've talked to a lot of coaches around the SEC, but now getting to talk to them here as practice has started kind of get a sense of where guys are and kind of where the mindset is for a lot of these teams going into the season. And that kind of transitions into what we're going to be talking about as the biggest topic for today. And that is, you know, what the expectations are for SEC teams going into the season. And that leads us into Ken Pomeroy releasing uh, his 2017-18 preseason ratings. And th- these are always fun to look at, but th- there is a caveat to this kind of stuff, as there is with a lot of preseason rankings, and I've talked a lot about this over the past week or so. Uh, when I put my rankings out, I said it specifically in the story. These are nothing more than projections of what could happen this season. Once start- play starts on November 10th, they mean absolutely nothing. And that's the case for the SEC preseason media poll, uh, all kinds of stuff. And even with this this rating system, uh, that Ken Pomeroy uses, you know, as his preseason specifically. Uh, once the season gets here, it's a lot easier to kind of track where teams are. But for preseason-wise, uh, it's not always the best sort of indicator of how things could turn out. And he said so himself, just in talking about the method. And we're going to go ahead and talk about kind of what goes into his system before we dive into where the SEC teams are ranked. And basically, you know, you, you could read some stuff on it. I'm going to put some some links on the website within the story uh, here on this podcast episode. So you can find the podcast over on southeasttubes.com. Click on the story associated with it. And I'm going to put these links in here, uh, kind of his blogs on explaining the preseason ratings, what goes into them, and all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of it really kind of tracks and depends on uh, previous success, kind of what trends have been in the past, you know, several seasons, and just kind of sticking to that and looking at the data from that to kind of project what's going to happen here going forward. But there's also different things, you know, that go into it as well and talking about, you know, waiting, how, you know, many returning players a team has, whether there's a coaching change, uh, you know, injured players from a year ago, just different kind of things that, that are much, you know, harder to explain just on the surface, but if you read these couple of links I'm going to put in here uh, within the podcast, it'll kind of explain better if you don't have any idea how this works. Uh, But as he says as well, you know, and he points this out, and we're going to talk about this team here in a second. Uh, Someone asked him on Twitter today in talking about how, you know, Missouri is one of those teams based on, you know, the data that he uses to put these preseason ratings together, how Missouri is one of the toughest teams maybe out there uh, to kind of gauge when talking about, you know, this method and sp- specifically that he uses. And he, he replied and said, yes, 
you know, worst case scenario for this method, uh, poor recent history plus a coaching change. And he said, you know, I'm happy they made as big of a jump as they did, honestly. So that kind of shows you that even, you know, he himself knows that, you know, there are going to be scenarios like this, especially with a team like Missouri, who has completely changed everything. Uh, You know, they're not going to be ranked maybe where, you know, they're ranked in terms of just the human polls that that we do in the preseason. Uh, So let's go ahead and jump into where SEC teams are ranked, and then we'll kind of fall, fall back on that and kind of go back to, to the system that he uses. But if we start at the top, um, I don't think really any surprise. Kentucky's ranked one in the SEC. Uh, Florida at number two. Texas A&M at three. Alabama four. Vanderbilt five. Tennessee six. Auburn seven. South Carolina eight. Ole Miss nine. Arkansas 10. Mississippi State 11. Georgia 12. Missouri 13. And LSU 14. Now, before we dive into some of these individual scenarios, where some of these teams are, here's a couple things that stand out immediately. Um, All 14 SEC teams are ranked 91 or higher, which is very, very good when you don't have teams outside the top 100. But again, remember, this isn't, you know, we're not in mid-December here. We're still in October, and this is just a projection. But it kind of shows you where the SEC is kind of falling in terms of, you know, we've been saying all offseason about how strong the SEC could be just because of the depth and saying that there's really going to be no bad teams in this league this year. And that kind of follows up into another point to where if you go by the ranking of conferences, you know, in Ken Palm's preseason, you know, ratings here, the Big Big 12 is the number one conference. The Big East is the number two conference. The SEC is at number three. Yes, the SEC is ahead of the ACC, uh, the Big 10, and the Pac-12, barely ahead of the ACC, but also just a little bit behind the Big East. So I think that kind of shows you, uh, based on you know the data that he's using and looking at sort of trends and looking at past success and previous seasons and all that stuff, uh, that, that they kind of follow suit in, in what we all sort of believe in talking about how good the SEC could be this year. And there are certainly going to be a lot of people who still think the SEC is, you know, quote-unquote, a nothing more than a football conference. And, you know, you're always going to hear that and talking about, well, the SEC, I didn't know they played basketball, blah, blah, blah. And we don't really care what those kind of people think just because, you know, it's very lazy to kind of use that. Uh, when you look at sort of all the data that's been out there this offseason and looking at it and saying, hey, you know, it's pretty obvious that the SEC is set to make a really big jump, could get seven, even eight teams into the NCAA tournament probably. Uh, especially when you look at those non-conference schedules and how strong some of the non-conference scheduling is around the entire SEC. I mean, there are just a lot of a lot of non-conference schedules in there. Now you got to win those games, but a lot of these teams have scheduled very strong because they know sort of it's going to help prepare them, uh, you know, for the SEC slate, which is going to be as difficult as it's ever been. Uh, but talking about those numbers, you know, every team ranked 91 or higher. Uh, you've also got eight teams in the top 50. And really, you know, you've got 11 teams in the top 60. So, and the only teams, you know, outside of the top 60 are Georgia at 63, which again, Georgia could be a team that finishes fifth or finishes 13th. You know, it, it's very possible. Uh, Missouri's ranked at 81, and I think we all know at this point, like I mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago, even Kent Mom himself knows that, you know, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, Missouri is not going to be, uh, you know, the, the second worst team in the SEC. And the projected conference record of five and thirteen is just not going to happen. 
uh, because again, it weights a lot of stuff based on previous seasons and because of how bad they've been in in recent years. Uh, plus the coaching change, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of didn't go in Missouri's favor within just the data uh, portion of this entire thing. So, so that sort of tells you, you know, wh- where everyone stands. And like I said, I mean, it, it's always interesting to look at, uh, but it is nothing more than a preseason rating. And, and like I said, it, it's really something you have to understand in terms of what goes in, uh, you know, to, to the entire system. I mean, just like it says in the article that I'm going to put on there, you know, I think this is probably the biggest line to keep in mind uh, when talking about what these preseason rankings mean and what they don't. And it's, you know, if a team has been good in the recent past, it's likely to be rated well in the preseason. And that's the Missouri factor. Uh, you know, in talking about Missouri and where they could finish, I mean, they're they're the team that stands out most uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, there's also offensive, defensive efficiency type of stuff in there as well. And that's something, you know, probably too deep to dive into. And I know a lot of people are just going to look at this and use it because analytics are such a big deal now, you know, in basketball and understanding things. And I would just go as far as saying, you know, they, it is a big deal now, but it's it's much bigger deal once the season actually gets here and you have, you know, a good foundation to work with uh, based solely on, you know, this specific season versus previous seasons. So, uh, but it is, it's a lot of fun. You should, hey, if you don't have Ken Palm, you know, you, you've got to have it. I mean, it's just a tremendous resource it's a one-of-a-kind, you know, sort of tool that you can go to throughout the season uh, to give you, you know, advanced analysis of all all these different teams around the country, uh, teams, players, just so much good information in there. Uh, and even if you're someone, you know, who's not a big stats person, I still think it's something you would find interesting uh, and kind of understanding just, just how certain things work. And, and you know, it, it just like any other system, there are some things that where it has its flaws, but... Overall, it's a really good resource to be able to kind of understand how teams are playing, uh, certain trends that, that are happening, you know, where the strengths and weaknesses are on a lot of these different teams. Um, and it is. It's just a really, really good uh, resource to have throughout the season. So I'd be sure to check that out and check out the subscription. Definitely worth it. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, I use on a daily basis uh, to look at different teams, compare it to notes, and, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of good stuff. So, uh, but that kind of gives you a sense of where, you know, teams are landing there. And it's not that far off when we talk about, you know, where the the preseason polls in general, you know, just the human poll stuff that goes into it, um, you know, kind of has teams. I mean, we think about it here, too. Some other things you kind of look at is the projection, projected conference uh, records. And those are other things, again, that, that can be very hard to project. And these are nothing more than predictions on what could happen. Uh, but if you look at that, you know, you've got four teams with double-digit wins in the SEC, which is obviously the first four in Kentucky, Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama. But then you have eight teams that either have a 9-9 record or 8-10 and record. Uh, and that just kind of, I think, is sort of a good indication of what we could see this year because like we talked about, and I've said it many times now, this is not a year where we're going to see those top four teams, you know, wind up with 16-2, and um, you know, 15 and 3, 14 and 4, it's going to be, you know, your third or fourth place team could have six or seven losses and it shouldn't surprise anyone just because that's how tough it's going to be to win in this conference this year. Uh, no road game will be easy. You know, home games will be harder than they've ever been just because the level of competition is much higher. Uh, 
Uh, and so I think people kind of have to prepare for that. I mean, even if you think that your team is an NCAA tournament team, your team could still go 500 in SEC play and maybe not have a shiny, you know, regular season record. You may not be 25 and 7, uh, you know, 24 and 8, whatever. I mean, you could be 19 and 12, 19 and 13, but still be, you know, I mean, one of the better teams in the SEC just because that's sort of the toughness what we talk about with the non-conference schedules going into SEC play. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't. I would kind of look past that this year and talking about just the overall projected records, uh, because it, it could be one of those deals where you know a team could lose that many games in SEC play, but still be among one of the best, you know, top twenty-five teams in the country or, or something like that. You know, and be a higher seed in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, but there you go. That, that's that's the Ken Palm preseason rankings. A lot of people have been talking about that here over the past twenty-four hours. And so just wanted to kind of expand some thoughts on that a little bit further and let you kind of, you know, dive into it yourself. Again, the link will be on the site. All you have to do is click on the link, and you'll be able to go in and digest all the different projections uh, and look at it further. And, and if you're someone who, who has no idea what Ken Palm is, you're just hearing about it for the first time, want to learn more about it, just go over to KenPalm.com. And obviously you have to get a subscription, but it's definitely worth it. But then what I would do is kind of go to his blog and read some of the more, you know, the biggest things, sort of the foundation on what it was built off of, talk, talking about the four factors and all the stuff that goes into uh, the regular season rankings and that kind of stuff. So I would be sure to check that out. Uh, another topic I wanted to bring up today is the secret scrimmages. And, and you know, I put the post up. There a couple of days ago, uh, Jeff Goodman put out, you know, what what was at the time the updated list of the the SEC secret scrimmages, you know, teams that are going to be playing different teams. And we all know we've heard this throughout the years. Teams always schedule secret scrimmages to kind of go up against each other. And, um, you know, Missouri obviously played Kansas over the weekend in the uh, the hurricane relief game. That was just awesome. Talking about raising one point seven five million, I think is what it was. Uh, just a tremendous job there, and it was a good way to see Missouri, you know, how that team played, and they played very well against Kansas. I mean, it, once again, it looked like a team, you know, that, that's not going to be the, the second-to-last team in the SEC this year. That much I can pretty much guarantee for you, uh, and it's a team that, that looked like a team with a lot of depth, and the weapons sort of needed uh, to be that top five upper echelon SEC team and and have a chance to make a lot of noise in the NCAA tournament as long as everything kind of continues to come along. Uh, we knew it would be just because of Missouri's size and Michael Porter Jr., of course, but but all the guys that has around him as well just have options. I mean, you have playmakers uh, at different positions. You have, you know, have a shooter in Cassius Robertson. You have other guys on well they are going to be able to shoot it. A very good defensive team using that size in, in the paint, especially uh, it's going to be hard to score on Missouri. So there's a lot to like, and that's kind of some of the takeaways you take away from these secret scrimmages, which that one obviously was not secret. But in talking about some of these other ones, and you again, you can find the full list over at southeastoop.com. You can just search for secret scrimmages. If you don't see it on the front page, it'll pull the article right up. Uh, but if you're a fan... And you're looking at this, and we're, we'll have information, you know, outside information. Stuff always comes in from these things. Auburn also played Georgia Tech over the weekend uh, in one of those, you know, secret scrimmages. Um, don't read into this thing too much. I mean, Mississippi State lost to Nebraska. Some people have already made a lot out of that, saying, well, 
Uh, they lost to Nebraska, which, you know, is not going to be one of those, you know, upper-tier teams expected to be in the Big Ten this year. I just would not read too much into these things. Don't take this as a regular season game. It's not. It's a scrimmage. It's an exhibition. Uh, there is only so much you can take away from it. Yes, it's a good way to look at certain players, see how they play, uh, you know, in a in a competitive setting, you know, against someone not on their own team. But there are so many things that are still being worked on, so many things that are still being tweaked. I mean, remember, teams have not been practicing that long, you know, in full regular season practice mode as of now. And there is a lot that's going to have to be worked on before the regular season gets underway here in a couple of weeks. Uh, so if your team loses a, a, one of these scrimmage games, if your team wins one of these scrimmage games, take it for what it is. Take it with a grain of salt because it does not mean anything. And it's just one of those deals where you like to hear stuff that comes out of it. Certain players looking good. Certain players maybe improving in an area that, that they needed to improve on from last season. Obviously, the new freshmen, those kind of guys, seeing how they fare against different competition. But uh, until the games actually start, until the coaches kind of, you know, sure up the rotation, know who's going to be playing when the games actually matter, these are nothing more than what they are called, (laughs) exhibitions, scrimmages. Uh, And, you know, it's just a good opportunity to see how guys, you know, sort of come together, how they play. But but don't read too much into it. If your team loses one of these exhibition games, uh, to or you know to, to someone who isn't you know you think is a worse team than, than your team, let's just put it that way. It's not something you should be just absolutely the season's over and all that. Which it's funny because you always see that those kind of reactions sometimes in in the social media era. You're always going to see people that completely overreact to any result whatsoever. Uh, and it's just something that I would not get too uh, wound up about. You know, if your team doesn't beat uh, another team by 40 in a scrimmage game because it's it's something where all the coaches are working on stuff, players are working on stuff, uh, everyone is a work in progress at this point in the season. Uh, so take it for what it's worth. But but there are a lot of good, int- intriguing games, like I mentioned. I mean, you talk about games, Alabama's going to play Baylor on the 28th. We talked about Auburn playing Georgia Tech. That, that I'm sure, was a good one. Haven't heard anything out of that just yet. Uh, but, you know, there, there's other games as well. Georgia-Clemson looks like an intriguing game. Mississippi State's also going to play on tex- play Texas Tech. You know, already played Nebraska. Missouri's got Wisconsin still on there as well. And, and a good game against Missouri State. He's a Missouri Valley Conference favorite there this year. South Carolina playing Virginia Tech in a hurricane relief game. Uh, that was announced. So that should be a lot of fun. And then Texas a and is also playing Gonzaga, Vanderbilt, Scott, uh, Illinois, and Baylor. So those are just some of the games. And you can find the full list over at southeastsoups.com. Uh, be sure to check that out and just to kind of see, you know, who your team's going to be playing leading up to the start of the regular season on November the 10th. So uh, that'll wrap up today's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. And be sure to subscribe. Go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Hoops. You can subscribe for free. That way you don't miss any of these episodes. Also, you can head over to the podcast page on the website. You can find the entire uh, catalog of episodes now. You know, 30-plus I've done at this point. Uh, Be sure to check that out. A lot more coming here. we got some guests lined up that are going to be a lot of fun, I think, to get you prepared for the start of the season. And be sure to stay tuned to southeasthoops.com. A lot more written stuff coming. I know you're checking it. we got stuff going up pretty much every single day. And uh, like I said, a lot more stuff to come out of Media Day 
uh, with different quotes and different stories I'm putting together. Uh, so be sure to track that as well. Also have more of my preseason awards coming uh, and some other stuff as well. So uh, thank you guys, as always, for your support of the website. As I mentioned over the weekend, uh, you know, last week was our biggest week ever in terms of readership. And it kind of seems to happen week after week now. We're growing more and more. And things are just really going very well right now for the website. And I also mentioned there's some exciting stuff in the works. Uh, So be sure to stay tuned. A lot more stuff coming on that with details on the way. So uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And I will talk to you guys next time.